0: 47th day of the All-Shadow, 702 years after the Dark Miracle. Dear Diary, my name is Filgia. This is my third attempt to journal my life after the last book got generally ruined by a roof leak. Here's what remained of my second journal, with new sections added toward what will hopefully be the middle. I had to fill some of the ruined bits in, so... It's missing large sections of my writing that are sadly lost forever, and are simply summarized. Laurus, my adopted father, gave me an empty book to keep track of my my thoughts and distract me from the All Shadows pull. And so, I suppose that's what I'll do. I'm a Thiefling, the second born of the union of the Demoness Veraldar and another Thiefling. Or so my mother told me. I was born in Sarketh, city of the Still Lake, a major city in the East Darklands, a city of vampires. Unlike my older sister, I was born under the sign of the Allshadow, the god revered by the Darklands. Why anyone would pray to her, I don't know. She is not a kind god, but she is cunning, a god of power and blood, constantly seeking vessels to influence the material world to envelop the world in shadow. She follows me. I can feel her pull in every muscle in my body, in my breath, in my heart, my thoughts, my very being. I hear her whisper every night in my dreams sweet offerings of power, of revenge, of knowledge and wealth and salvation for Tsarketh. Sometimes I wonder what might be worse, her stigma on me or being bound to Tsarketh with no choice but to remain. It is awful here, and while I've been told stories of how other places are similarly horrible, I am reluctant to believe them based on how the traitors speak when they do not know that I am listening. When my mother learned that I bore the sign and I came of age, we joined the Dark Blood, a cult dedicated to serving Jel the one who they believe to be the true avatar of the Allshadow. This is not the mainstream religion of the Darklands, though their beliefs have gained popularity. The Darkbloods educated me, taught me of demonology, thaumaturgy, of the dark rituals and arts and balance. While my sister studied in Sarketh with my father, my mother and I spent much of the year in Merkiv's Hollow, and the rest of the time in their cloister in Sarketh. My mother, all the while, tried to encourage me to give in to the callings of the Allshadow, to become her vessel, the next Avatar. I told her that I had tried, but secretly I resisted. When the Darkblood cult learned of my mother's ambition, they refused to continue my education. The knowledge I had already obtained was enough for them to fear that I would foolishly attempt to work against Jarl Veldrin and that she might seek to punish them in retaliation. They overwhelmed my mother and me dragged us in front of the altar, and were ready to return my blood to the All-Shadow. But they thoroughly underestimated my mother. Armed with magics of her own, she cut through the rows of cultists, offering up the hearts and bloods of those that stood in our way to the All-Shadow to me. There were too many for her to fight, but the damage she did was enough to cause a distraction. So we fled the Dark-Blood cult and left Tsarkith. Laurus and my sister later joined us on the journey, telling us that there would be a way to achieve my mother's ambition with the help of an ancient and powerful druid in the Grey Swamp. The journey was unpleasant, to say the least. We endured many hardships and succumbed to traps, hunters and sicknesses all in the hopes of reaching this druid, who was only rumored to exist. Right as we lost hope, as I lay dying in a fever, the druid appeared. Neither human nor lizard folk, but as a shapeshifter with a mix of scales and grey skin. A man of few words. One with nature. It was like he knew us. Like we were just part of the natural order of things, out there in the swamp. He looked at my mother, motioned to my sister, and all at once my father bound her. We all just knew, in a few days when the moon was right, spilling my sister's blood over me in a cruel ritual would heal me and allow my dreams to come true. I still don't know how we all knew this. The druid never spoke, but the pact was just… felt… understood. My sister tried to break free of the bonds, but in my weakened state I was unable to help her. As I just lay there, unable to move in the makeshift camp, the old druid gathered herbs, parts from various creatures, and forced me to drink potions. I know this may seem weird, but I remember knowing that he knew my secret, that I did not want to be part of the All-Shadow. I wept as two more sunless days passed, and more elements of the ritual were gathered. On the night of the ceremony, all went according to the ceremony we inherently knew the steps to. Our hands and bodies moving as if possessed, confident, as if we had done this a thousand times before. Every moment, leaning up to my sister's death was an eternity, and I found my hatred for my parents growing with each breath. As my sister's blood was spilling over me, and her screams reached heights I did not think possible. The seething hatred I felt for my parents broke my fever and my dreams became manifested. As a great crimson drake, ten times larger than any I have ever seen before or since, appeared suddenly in the woods, devouring my screaming parents and breaking my bonds in the process. In the same way I had known about the rituals, I knew this to be the great blood drake, a beast of legend, said to be an avatar of the god of the hunt. There is still no doubt in my mind that this was the work of the All Shadow, granting me my heart's desire, vengeance upon my parents for life of cruelty, and it was because of this granted wish that she will haunt me for the rest of my nights. The Druid of the Grey Swamps became my new mentor, and as I followed in his footsteps, I learned all I would need to take care of not only myself, but also of the creatures within the swamp and surrounding forests. As nature had provided for us, we too were its guardians. My magical abilities shifted, and I grew to identify as a druid, communicating with and drawing power from the lands. The areas of the swamp that were familiar to me expanded with each day, and as the years passed, I became acquainted with the lizard men of the swamp the fell beasts of the forests, and the ruins of Veselol. Veselol, the so-called City of Rejects, has been a great place to gather magical and ritual items, as its strange and unusual inhabitants have a tendency to acquire them and hawk them for meats, which I can easily acquire and trade. The gaunt figures of the ruins delve deeper into the earth in search of treasures or food as their hunger grows and their trust can easily be earned for a few scraps of meat over a few days. It is said that those who dwell there are former soldiers of the staff of disgraced nobility, those who became mentally or physically useless to the Dark Lords over the years. And while I've been able to occasionally glean a hint of intellect in a few of them, I have not come to know any of these cannibals well enough to learn of their personal history. It is around this point in my journal where I learned more of the blood drake from the Yuan-Ti, whose temples I infiltrated while wearing the form of various scaled beasts. In their tongue they would sometimes whisper of a creature, ancient, from before the time of the Dark Miracle, from before the time when men first walked the lands, when the old serpent gods still commanded their now-sunken cities. And they would whisper that the blood drake was once one such god who came to hate its chosen people for their shortcomings and still prowls the land in search of proper offerings. As I do not know how far gone my memory will be when my eyes fall upon these pages again, I shall remind my future self an important fact coming immediately relevant, that in the Darklands there is only one true carnal pleasure agreed upon by all. Taste. Vampires, the undead, The living, the demons of the woods, and the scaled creatures of the swamps all love the sensation of delicious food upon their tongues. The Dark Lords have employed a great many hunters and flesh traders to augment their ever-expanding culinary adventures, and over the centuries chef houses have come into great power within the Darklands, akin to nobility, keeping with them the secrets of their flavors, recipes and methods. Those who serve demons often employ magics and sciences in their creation, and the length to which their lords will go to experience a unique flavor has reached such infamy that even Darklanders of low status now try to emulate the decadence found in the larger cities. One night the creatures of the woods whispered to me that the great chef-houses from the city of Ulestis were seeking something within the woods. While I eat to survive, the hunting of particularly intelligent creatures has always disgusted me. So I told the druid, as it was our responsibility to protect the creatures of the woods and the swamp, who could not possibly defend themselves from the boundless hunger of the Dark Lords. The druid of the swamp had only just become aware of the creature they sought to hunt, and implied that we should work together to trap and relocate it, so it might be safe. It would never leave its home willingly, I remembered thinking. Not even for an instant, so we do this for its own good. And like a fool, I joined him. I cast the incantations, prepared the ritual and set the traps that would hurt the beast. And it was as I first laid eyes on it, the proud grey and silver unicorn, that I first felt true joy. But that feeling was short-lived as I saw the blood drake spring from nowhere and tear the majestic beast nearly in half with a single swift motion. I watched in horror as it greedily sunk its jaw into the unicorn, drank its blood, feasted on its innards, and slowly transformed into the droid. I, too, had been betrayed by him, and I could see now that it was only a matter of time before the beast would turn on me, Slaughtering me as easily as it had my mother. So I fled the Darklands. I crawled, I swam, I ran, and I slithered in many different forms until I was free of the forest, free of the swamps, free of the Darklands. And as I passed beyond the edge of darkness hold, I bore witness to the second of my happiest moments in my life. My first sunrise. Looking down at these crumpled pages, I must have written a dozen or more paragraphs about that sunrise. My feelings, my emotions, my my plans, and my desire to see many more sunrises. (sighs) But I suppose they're all gone now. My fear of the blood drake kept me moving even further north, passing the holds of the giants and elves, The great desert and the gensla expanse? All along the journey, I yearned for kinship, to be around others who were not trying to kill me. I had tried many times to live among the various peoples I encountered, paying my debts with various plants, fruits and vegetables. But it seems that while I might have been done with the All-Shadow, she was not yet done with me, as I was the herald of ghostly apparitions. Random drops in temperature the casting of strange shadows, and worse. I would be branded a witch or hag, or assumed to be more demon than tiefling, and I would be driven from the communities I lived, from human villages to tribal dragonborn camps. I had become a vegetarian by this time, finding so much food in the wilds, especially the dead pines, and it was there that I came across a roofless hut, home to a nest of three little rabbits. In a single day I had found my home and friends. I became their protector when the nearby villages of the Brightwale tried to hunt in my territories. I made a special effort to embrace the stigmas given to me by Mist and Dragonborn Clan and the other human settlements and made the locals aware of my presence. But the people of the curious village of Illmatter's Hope wanted neither fight nor to ignore me insisting on regular trades and offerings of peace, but otherwise keeping clear of my territory, the edges of which I marked with little white stones. So I sold them herbs and non-poisonous mushrooms found deep in the places within the woods where they didn't dare to go. During these trades I learned more of the local superstition and how the dead pines got its name. I also learned of the other darkness within the woods, And while I can sense that something dark does lurk within the dead pines, it has kept its distance from my territory, as I have similarly kept my distance from its. I have earned a fair amount of silver from my trading, and it was enough to afford me and my rabbits many luxuries. One entry I found reminded me of how my herd grew. One day I saw a trapper selling caged-up rabbits, and because they reminded me of the poor slaves of Tsarketh, and I could see no better use of the coins, I purchased them all outright. I have continued to purchase all such rabbits from the same trapper. It affords the trapper's family better food and goods, and it has allowed me to relocate the rabbits of the forest under my protection. This has become a very important source of income for the trapper, who I have come to know as a friend over the years. While he knows me as the witch with the bunnies, He has accepted the strange happening around me, and has done his best to keep other, less friendly villagers away from my territory. Amendment As I read back over the entries of the next few days, I have made the necessary changes to correct the events as I remember them, as they were written improperly, much like the earlier entries of this book. (laughs) Must be one of the qualities of this place, and I will correct the earlier entries at a later date. The 52nd day of the All-Shadow, 702 years after the Dark Miracle. The Trapper came to visit. He told me that his children were kidnapped, as were those of the entire village. Behind him, shaking with fear, stood Mayor Delvin Brighthope of the village, who formally asked for my assistance as well. I couldn't help but laugh in his face. Bright Hope offered to pardon me for the trespassing villages I had slain, and even a formal tithe every week for a year, as a tribute if I would but return their children. I laughed again. (laughs) Because I had not kidnapped their children, and negotiated the tithe to last three years. I'm still in debate if I should help. The 55th day of the All-Shadow, 702 years after the Dark Miracle. I obliged out of friendship with a trapper, who swore a formal debt to me that will last six generations. His family will be my eyes in the village, and I will influence things to see their prosperity grow. (laughs) It will be simple work to make their daughter marry the son of the innkeeper, assuming both children are still alive. I am joined by other travelers in our shared quest. Father Westpike, an old priest of light... Sister Cavernsfall, a paladin of the Suffering God, Rowena, a friendly bard, Yaws, a roguishly handsome but very disinterested innskeeper. and Soren, a, a monster hunter. I feel as though I'm missing someone. A few days have passed and we have ventured into the territory of the Dark Presence. I could smell the rot of its presence even before we began to see the mutilated animals I will not describe here. The 56th day of the All Shadow, 702 years after the Dark Miracle. It has a name, the Silent One, an old god either long forgotten or perhaps abandoned like the Blood Drake. It has murdered three merchants and I fear that this is only the beginning. It does not have the children. Instead, it follows us. Later the same night, we have found men whose minds have been consumed by intellect devourers. We made quick work of these creatures and found a surviving human named Cole. He is a cultist who we have revealed to worship an old forgotten god, hated by the All-Shadow. I can feel the All Shadow's hatred mirror within me every time its name spoke aloud. And I can feel my bond with the All-Shadow growing with each step. The 57th day of the All-Shadow, 702 years after the Dark Miracle. Our journey through the Dark Woods ended and we have come across an old village near the mountains. It is eerie here, and we took refuge inside of an inn. I will not begin to describe the horrors within the inn, nor the creatures that beset us after that trial, I haven't the time nor pages. Rowena acquired a magical sword of some kind, and during our rest in the inn our party was attacked by the Silent One. Cole provoked us, and I killed him where he stood, (laughs) later blaming the incident on my confusion in the heat of the battle. None of us liked Cole, so they let the incident pass. Later, the same day, we came across a great gate and solved the riddle to get inside. Abracadabra. <laughs> Unbeknownst to us, the sword Rowena held was possessed, and it struck out, spilling the blood of Yawsinski, Inski, slaying him. I could not have planned it better. The trapper will adopt Yaws's son and acquire the shop without question when we return. Power is so frickle in small villages. <laughs> I must remember to seal the gate with blood upon my departure. I will sacrifice one of the children, or the first person to pose me, when the time comes. (laughs) It will probably be Sister Cavern's Fall. The 58th day of the All Shadow, 702 years after the Dark Miracle. We passed some ruins and a ghost within the Great Gate had led to longer corridors of stone. But that is unimportant, because when I listen I can hear the voice of Yao's inns keep taunting me. He's dead and buried, so it must surely be the Silent One. I have yet to catch the creature in its game, as it keeps duplicating others of our number without our notice. It wears at my concentration, my very sanity, as I try to focus on the people present. The others do not hear it, and this has become a very difficult game, to display a confident smile to them. Later the same night, I fell through solid rock and found myself before a hall of mirrors. On the other end of the hall was a reflection of myself, only it wasn't a reflection. She was like me in every way, it was maddening and curious all at once, but I could tell that she did not hear the call of the All-Shadow. She was not the chosen, she was not real, yet this did not slow down her attacks. <laughs> she died all the same. She she vanished, fled <laughs> out and vanished like the illusion that she was. Because she was most certainly not real. <laughs> I cannot stop laughing. I know it's not funny, I know I don't feel happy, but when I try to go back and see my ruined features, the the edges of my lips form a smile. This is something I need to work on. But after, I get home. After the fight, I found myself before the light of the campfire once again. Only Yowes was there, I… something broke inside of me. I kept laughing. I needed to recuperate and revisit my journal. I needed to recover and just get out of the fucking conversation that not-dead yaws and Rowena started. So I played along. Time has passed. This journal is clearly not my own. I've made corrections to the inconsistencies of the more recent entries. I will, I will fix the rest. I must fix the rest. They are all wrong, all incorrect. Yowz mocks me with every smile, as if nothing is wrong, as if his headless corpse shouldn't be rotting in the mud beyond the gate at this moment. But it will. (laughs) It will. I don't know what day it is anymore. I think a day has passed, but this damn tunnel is endless. Yao's survived somehow, but he shouldn't have. At least it's really him. I got close earlier, but I think I can finish the job. I have a plan. I I need to kill him to set things right again. A herald from the Darklands will awaken the Nameless God. Surely this must be him. Okay, plan time. I'm going to alter my appearance to look like Sister Cavernsfall and murder him. The Silent One has already agreed to take my appearance, so my identity will be secure. He assured me that this plan will work. I feel uneasy handing him my book, but he will help me fix this. Yao's should be dead. Yao's cannot be allowed to live. I will fix this, when I will rescue the children and seal this damned place away forever." Your journey ends, your well is empty, your body lost in misdirection. you sought him, you found me, your face added to my collection. Seeing without sight he hungers, through dreamless sleep he hears you. He tastes your scent, consumes your fears. You shall never be whole, he calls for you, weaver of fate, carver of dreams. Please heed this call, and replace turmoil with blessed silence. Remake the world, O nameless one, feeling without a body, yearning without a soul. Do you seek him?